visit patreon.com slash sword and laser. Sword and Laser hopes you will enjoy this program. Welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but we are so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and of course, amazing discussions from fans just like you. And today we are very excited to welcome onto the show Mallory O'Mara. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me on, guys. This is fantastic. Uh, Mallory, in case you guys don't know, is a producer and screenwriter for Dark Dunes Productions, a film production company specializing in horror, sci-fi, and fantasy that utilizes practical special effects and puppetry. Uh, she's currently producing the fantasy film Yamasong, March of the Hollows, and is writing Dark Dunes' next horror film. In her free time, she devours scary books and prowls the aisles of Brooklyn bookstores. Uh, so. I don't know if you know this about me, but I am terrified of horror anything. But it doesn't I don't get the sense that Yamasong is a is a horror film. Can you tell us more about the project? Yeah, Yamasong is our first non-horror film actually. The first 3 movies that we did were definitely at horror events and Yamasong is the first fantasy sort of sci-fi film. It's kind of a crossover if you want to get weird about genre. Um the way that we're pitching it, it's sort of like Princess Mononoke meets Dark Crystal in both aesthetic and story. Uh, and it is going to be a full-fledged puppet film. It's going to be the first puppet film that was, like, feature film that was created in the U.S. since Team America 11 years ago. So it's going to be sort of a historic project, and we're really excited about it. So it's in that Thunderbirds Team America oeuvre of puppet films. I think a lot of people have a hard time when you say puppets thinking what you mean, but look at it, the trailer. That's, that's what it definitely feels like. Yeah, definitely. And these are real puppets. They're about two feet high, depending on the puppet. And um, it's actually a style called American tabletop, uh, which is um, translated into American filmmaking from the Bunraku Japanese style. If you've ever seen um, Japanese puppetry where all the puppeteers are in black against a back, black background, that's sort of the kind of puppetry that Yamasong comes from. Only that the way we do it, all the puppeteers are in green suits, so we can remove them when the film comes out. So like Green Man from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, but tons of them, and most of them were women. <laughs> That but, sounds yeah. horrible. So it's, it's <laughs> that sounds more frightening than any horror film the, you could read. The uh, shots from the Yamasong set are actually terrifying because they have to wear, some of them have to wear a full green suit, so even covering their faces and their hands, it's really creepy. Yeah, I bet. Are you going to have behind the scenes of stuff like that? Yeah, actually, if you check out our uh, Facebook, uh, which is facebook.com slash official, there are a lot of behind-the-scenes shots, and we even have a few sort of time-lapse videos so you can see the making of it. Because we, we sort of recognize that there, there aren't films being made like Yamasong right now, and a lot of people are very interested in the process. So we kind of want to show people, this is how you make a puppet film. Because, as you said, when you say puppet film, people don't know if you mean Muppets, like weird sock puppets. Puppet can conjure all sorts of images. So we kind of want to show people what it is. Now, the interesting thing to me uh, watching the trailer was that you, you start seeing turtles and, and clockwork people and it's, it just looks amazing and it's like if you're thinking Thunderbirds or Team America, like this is a much richer world that these puppets are inhabiting. But then you get to the second half and it starts telling you the amazing voice talent. You've got Nathan Fillion 
and Ed Asner and Whoopi Goldberg and Abigail Breslin. Uh, I imagine Just to name a I'm, few. I mean, there's I, tons of amazing <laughs> actors. Yeah. How did you get all of these wonderful people to to join up on this? Oh, it was sort of an interesting uh, snowball effect. The way that it started out is we decided to do the project. Um, Yamasong was actually created from a short film. Um, Yamasong just just Yamasong, not March of the Hollows, um, that was sort of released in 2010. It won Best Film at Dragon Con and a bunch of cons. And uh, my boss, the, the, you know, the head of Dark Dunes, Sultan Saeed al-Darmaki, found the project, and um, once we started developing it into a feature, we got two executive producers, um, Toby Froud, who is of the Froud Dark Crystal family. He's actually the baby from Labyrinth. And Heather... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. mind explosion. <laughs> And Heather Henson is Jim Henson's daughter, and they agreed to come on as executive producers, and they, just having those names attached to a puppet film, when you're a puppet film, people kind of look at you weird, but when you find out that it's a Henson Froud puppet project, it changes the game. Uh, and that's how we got Nathan Fillion actually picked up the project because he's always wanted to be in a Henson puppet film, and same thing with Whoopi Goldberg. So um, once people, once we sent out the script and ideas and all the stuff about the project, um, more and more cast got involved, and it just sort of went from there until it got as big as it is. That's absolutely incredible. And how do you, how do you find out that someone like Nathan Fillion and Whoopi Goldberg are puppet fans? Did they did, were they approached first, and then is did there they a say, secret oh social gosh. network like that tells you those things? <laughs> You'd be surprised. Puppet uh, lovers.com. Puppet filmmaking is very small, and people who are into it kind of find each other. Um, but we, we heard from their agent. You know, that's the reason why the Yamasong script sort of floated to the top of both Nathan and Whoopi's piles were, were because they were Henson Froud puppet films. And they said, I am interested in this project because it's a puppet movie. And when they came in to record their voices, uh, one of the things that we wanted to do was we actually brought the puppets in uh, to the booth so that Whoopi and Nathan and Abigail and Frida Pinto could all sort of meet their character and interact with it in a physical space. And they just loved it. Nathan, both Nathan and Whoopi sort of wanted to gush about all their experiences with puppets when they were a kid and as adults. And it, it puppets sort of bring out a magic in people that is sort of amazing and exciting. And yeah, it's just this weird puppet cult Puppet cult. I like that. Especially, uh, I think the, the, the person in our in our uh, sci-fi fantasy community, I think that I most strongly associate with puppets is uh, Mary Robinette Kowal, because she's done so much with, awesome. with puppets, even at her, her book events in the past. Um, but can you tell us more about the, the influences of this particular film? You mentioned a little bit about Japanese puppetry and some of the other styles. Is there something in particular you're drawing from, or is this a, a, a project that kind of stands on its own outside of the original short film? Uh, I mean, it does stand on its own, but there are a lot of aesthetic influence that we sort of took from all over the map. Uh, our director, Sam Koji Hale, is a big Miyazaki fan, a uh, big Guillermo del Toro fan. Uh, so a lot of dark fantasy is sort of channeled into Yamasong, and that's sort of the that's sort of where we wanted to go with it. That we wanted it to be a film that definitely was friendly for kids, but wasn't a quote unquote kids movie. You know, when you watch a Miyazaki film or Dark Crystal, um, you don't feel like it's pandering to children. It's sort of like a timeless, fantastical story, and that's really what we wanted to channel for this. 
Now, tell us a little bit about what you do, not just with this film, but what is your background? How did you get involved? I mean, how does one end up getting involved with puppet films that have uh, dancing, flying, uh, like fighting turtles and Nathan Fillion voices? Uh, Nathan actually was a, made a lot of hilarious turtle jokes on set. That was very fun. Uh, but me, myself, I got into the film world in a really strange way. Uh, I actually was going to school to be a zoologist uh, when I met my boss. But on the side, I'm a big horror fan, and on, on the side, I was organizing a lot of horror events in New England, where I'm from. And my boss um, attended a con that I help run, and I still help run, Necronomicon Providence. And he was one of the sponsors, and he really needed somebody to be a communications director for his company, and I am very talkative. And uh, we really got along, and he hired me, and then uh, after few months of working together wanted me to come on to be an associate producer on uh, Kids vs. Monsters, which is a film that just came out uh, last month, and it sort of developed from there. Um, I got into producing, and I really liked it, and, um, and then I started writing. It just sort of built and built. And, and what about the horror genre in particular appeals to you? This is coming from someone who it does not appeal to, so I'm always curious what people like about it. I love horror because horror for me has this idea that there's a story behind everything. And I'm, and I'm talking about supernatural horror. I'm not as big into realistic or slasher horror. Um, my grandparents raised me with this idea that they would always tell me stories about, and like we would walk through the woods and they would find a little like hut and they'd be like, oh, that, and they'd make up a story about the person who lived in that little hut or that hole. <laughs> So I kind of grew up with this idea that everything had a story, and that's what horror is. You know, there's a house or a doll or an object, and there's some story behind it, some legend behind it, and that idea is very attractive and interesting to me. And um, and I think there's sort of a visceral part where I think everyone is interested in, in darkness, and everyone wants to know. It's sort of that train wreck, you can't look away kind of thing, that you just want to know the dark story behind stuff, and that's that's where it comes from for me. I like yeah. the idea that your grandparents were like, and Mallory, this is the uh, torture porn hut in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> let's, go, let's go on an after-midnight walk in the woods, Let little Mallory. Let me tell Mallory. you a story about the old torture porn hut. <laughs> that's where Eli Roth lives in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think that's one of the fascinating things about horror is that you, there, there are an endless amount of varieties of it, which is why it bleeds into science fiction, no pun intended, uh, science fiction and fantasy so much is, is that you can, you can have it be a slasher film, which is very realistic, or you can have it be something that's, you know, out of the Stephen King Dark Tower, which is other worlds and mysteries and all of that. And I, I remember the moment when I discovered uh, through uh, a, a Cinemax uh, feed that may or may not have been legitimate in my house, uh, The Shining. Ooh. And I, I was like, oh my God, but this is horror? Because I always thought horror was just a bunch of people stabbing and I wasn't afraid of it. I was bored. So yeah. being able to like realize like, oh, this is, this is much better. This is very, very cool. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's so many multifaceted sides to that genre. That's the best part about horror, I think. And it's also the hardest thing to pin down. I feel like horror gets a really bad rap, uh, especially in the film world, but also in the literature world. It's sort of looked at as like a lower class genre. But for me, there's two elements of horror. You can have horror with horror things in it. You know, you could have a, a fantasy story with a horror element, like about a werewolf or a vampire. Or horror could just be an emotion. And that could take place anywhere, whether it's in space or in Narnia or in a dark alley in Brooklyn. Yeah, or a dark alley in space Narnia. Yeah, 
all of, all of those things. All together, man. I am all about the genre crossover. Well, that's a good question. What kinds of things do you like to read? Uh, when, when, when you, I mean, you're a book lover, right? I am a devourer of books. I, I read a lot. Uh, unfortunately, I live in a very small apartment in Brooklyn, but you can see behind me that it's covered in books. Uh, I like to read everything, and I've been working really hard this year, especially on sort of rotating and making sure I read more different things. Uh, but if, if I had my way, I would just read horror all the time. I love supernatural horror. I can't get enough of it. Uh, I like the feeling of being scared, and I'm always chasing that feeling, like a weird adrenaline junkie, but not as exciting or athletic. Yeah, I just want to read horror. Are you, what are you reading right now? Uh, actually, right now I am reading a unpublished manuscript that's going to be coming out, I think, next year, the year after, from Del Rey that I'm not allowed to talk about. But I'm also <laughs> What's the most recent thing you can talk about that you read, I guess? Um, I just read The Red Tree by Caitlin Kiernan. I finished that yesterday, and that blew my face off. Uh, it is a sort of supernatural, haunted housey, haunted tree kind of story. And Caitlin Kiernan is out of this world, totally amazing. Um, that's and awesome. And 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 what would you what would you say were some tips for someone that's looking to have a job like yours? I mean, this is a, a question that I wrestle with a lot because I also have a very strange job that didn't kind of follow a traditional trajectory. Um, yeah. But what would you what would you say to for to someone looking to get into producing or or to working in in film production? The the biggest tip I give to people who are looking to get into film but are sort of actually looking to get into the arts or media in general is, is be friendly uh, and be social, um, even if it means online. But um, at least for me, a job like mine requires a lot of networking and talking to people and going to events and, and getting out there and, and meeting people who are looking because you never know who's going to need what. And who is looking to hire someone? And sometimes uh, the best qualification you can have is being there and being a willing and able. When I, when my boss first asked me to start producing, I didn't know anything <laughs> about things. And I, I think you, people are capable of a lot more than they think they are, and you are more qualified than you think you are. Um, but go out there and go to events. Go to uh, follow people that you admire online. Interact with people. And I, would you say, like, find events that you enjoy or just do, at all costs get out there and meet people at whatever? Uh, I mean, definitely find stuff that you enjoy. It's a little, obviously, it's a little easier if you're in a city. But, I mean, no matter where you are, there's going to be a con somewhere, um, whether it be a sci-fi con, fantasy con. There's going to be, even if you're in Kansas, there's going to be some sort of event that you can go to. And if there, if you if that isn't enough, again, interact with people online. Find out who are the big players in whatever field you want to go to. Follow them. You know, talk talk to other people who are interested in doing what you want to do. Excellent. Uh, are, now, is Yamasong your current project, or is there anything you could tell us about other projects that Dark Dunes is working on? Yamasong is our baby at the moment. It, we just finished shooting and is now in full-on post-production. Uh, I am currently writing the next film that we're going to do, but I am not allowed to talk about it yet because it is in very, very early stages of development. But it will be a straight-up horror, probably the scariest thing we've done. <laughs> so uh, we'll tell Veronica all about it. When yeah. Oh, that's the weird thing. I like to read the plots of horror films. I, I used want... to do that when I was a kid before I got 
brave enough to read stuff, so I totally, I used to go on Wikipedia and read the plots for stuff, so I totally That's did. exactly what I do. I've, I've <laughs> probably, every Eli Roth film, as you mentioned earlier, I have gone on Wikipedia and read the entire plot. I know all the twists of every, like, major film out there, so I'm well-versed. I just can't actually watch it at the time, I totally kind of sad. I do the same thing. Did so you just say, wait, did you just say when you were a kid you would go on Wikipedia? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty young. <laughs> that is another weird part of what I do is that I'm very young. I need a drink. It's, you're an ingenue. That's, that's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. Uh, Wikipedia's been around for a while. I'm just saying. When I was a kid, I went to the World Book Encyclopedia to find <laughs> Encyclopedia Britannica. I read the newspaper. <laughs> I read the uh, movie reviews in the newspaper. Uh, that's fantastic. Uh, my grandpa, my grandparents are really who raised me, so I got raised watching golf and listening to radio dramas. So I'm a little balanced out. I'm Excellent. sure the internet was a welcome distraction at that point. Yeah, the internet was pretty intense when I first found out. <laughs> so you said you're in post production, but when can we actually watch Yama Song, and how do we watch it? Uh, well, when, right now it is out with buyers, so we are trying to find a distribution company for it, and they are really the ones who will decide. Uh, selling a film is very, very similar to selling a manuscript in the publishing world. Uh, even if it's ready to go when you give it to them, they might go through any number of, of edits. They might decide, you know what, I this is a great project, but we're not going to release it until next year. Like we, when we sold Kids vs. Monsters, Kids vs. Monsters has been done for almost two years, and it just came out last month because a, a distribution company decided that was the time. So, I mean, we're going to be releasing another trailer at some point soon. We will be releasing a very small clip sometime within the next month or two. Uh, but it all depends on the company that buys it and when they want to put it out. It's not a very satisfying answer. but No, but I mean, I think <laughs> people forget you can't just buy a movie and then just put it right in the theaters because, you know, what if you're putting it out December 18th? Oh, wait, Star Wars Force Awakens is that day. You don't want your movie going up against that, so you have to schedule it. People have to schedule it appropriately and find the right niche and timing and all of that. Definitely. It is. The arts are a weird, tricky thing, and with the internet, you just, there, there is this, and self-publishing, especially in uh, Netflix, there's this urge to just sort of put it out there. But we wanna we wanna do it, we wanna play the long game with this one. All right, Very and cool. where can I people follow? I know, me too. I'm I'm super excited. It looks fantastic. It's absolutely beautiful. Obviously, the voice talent is top notch. Uh, everything I've seen on Vimeo and online looks stunning. Uh, so I think I think you know people that listen to Sword and Laser, it's right up right up our alley as far as I can tell. It yeah, we'll put a link really to great. the in the show notes at swordandlaser.com if you want to take a look at the trailer. We highly recommend it. You definitely should. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And where can people follow your work online? You can find me almost on all the internet platforms, uh, Sexoskeleton, which is like an exoskeleton, but more exciting, on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Romero on Facebook, um, Dark Dunes Films, same on Twitter and on Facebook, uh, and Yama Song is on Facebook as well. Um, so just Google us or look for us on social media, and we're, we're all very, all, me and all of the projects are very easy to find. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and you guys out there, you can support our show. We are funded on Patreon over at patreon.com slash sword and laser. So thank you to all of you who throw in a few bucks every month to help support sword and laser. We love you. You're our favorite. You're our bosses. And uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser to learn more. 
You can also support the show by buying books through our links. Uh, we put picks at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Like, for instance, I'll put a pick uh, link to Red Tree by Caitlin Kiernan on there. If you want to find it, go there. If you buy the book through that link, it helps the show out. So find out some of our favorite books at swordandlaser.com slash picks. As always, you can get in touch with us at feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on Goodreads, and you can call and leave us a voicemail at 415-7-SWORD-6. We'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you. about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.